Hello, I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me do this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today my guest is Suki Thompson, the CEO of Let's Reset. Let's Reset believe that mental health should be at the heart of every development plan. Before Let's Reset, Suki co-founded Oyster Catchers, where she is now the chair. Thanks for joining me today, Suki. Can we start by you telling the listeners a little about the work you do now and who you do it for? Of course. Hello, Grace. It's lovely to meet you. And thank you very much for inviting me to be on your show. Um, Yeah, I work now, um, as you say, for a company called Let's Reset. And what we do is we believe that everyone... Uh, It would be fantastic if everyone was able to live the work life they wanted to, that energizes them and those around them. So that, you know, imagine a world when you go to work, that every day you love what you're doing. Every day you feel energized and every day you do the very best that you can do. Um, And that's what we try and help companies do. While you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be or did that happen when you were older? No, when I went to school, I I grew up in Cornwall and all I really liked doing at school was surfing, sailing, uh, being on the beach and kissing boys. And you can't really do any of those as a job and you can't really do the kissing boys bit either as a job per se. So um, and I think the word entrepreneur, which I've probably been, although I've worked a lot in marketing and advertising, Um, I don't think that word even existed when I was at school, Grace. You said you did sailing and surfing. Was that a sport that you did at school? No. Well, it was when I went to sixth form. So when I went to school, I used to surf um, and sail afterwards. And during school, uh, sixth form, I could sail during the day on a Wednesday and a Friday. And my first job, when I was a little bit older than you, I was about 13, I think. I worked in a surf shop called Piran Surf Shop that still exists in Perranporth for an amazing man called John Heath. Did you go to university and how important do you think it is to go? Well, yeah, I did go to university. I went to Leeds University to do a drama and I went there because, and I think what was important was I was either going to do economics or possibly geography. And then my mum said, well, do you know what, Suki, for your first degree, you should do whatever you really love. And I loved drama. So um, I went to Leeds and did a degree in drama, uh, which I loved. And then I went to Kingston Business School. I did a postgrad and then I um, in marketing and then I went back there and did my MBA. And then a few years ago, Coventry University gave me an honorary doctorate for services to entrepreneurism. So actually, I spent a lot of time at universities. How important do you think it is to go to university? Well, do you know what? I think if you know what you want to do, um, it's really important. So, you know, like you want to be a NASA engineer, you probably have to go to university because yeah. I think it will be difficult to be an engineer without going. Um, my daughter's a clinical psychologist. She absolutely needed to go to university. My son doesn't really know what he wants to do and he wants to be in the drinks trade. He wants to be a distiller. Um, I'm not sure you have to go to university anymore. Um, you definitely need to, to find an environment where you can learn and 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 people who can help you grow and develop. Do you have any idols or mentors? Do you know, I have lots of idols and lots of mentors. I think my my biggest idol um, 
Actually, I think I get loads of them, but I love on the acting side, Judy Dench. I think she's an extraordinary woman who's had an amazing career of doing lots of different things. I think Michelle Obama has become an extraordinary leader of women um, and hasn't uh, tried to take what she did as first lady and become something that she's not, um, but has actually grown during that time of being at the White House and before as a brilliant um, lawyer to, to help and support loads of women globally. I think for me personally, I've had loads of mentors during my career. Um, I started off by saying John Heath, Heath at the surf shop. He was probably my first one that taught me all about the importance of customers and being in an environment that had a great culture and a place that you loved. Um, my uncle Colin Moynihan was a brilliant mentor for me. Um, and then through to people like Gay Haynes, who employed me when I first set up a business in Hong Kong for her. And I think she taught me how to be an entrepreneur. You said that you um, did drama in university. What did you love so much about drama? Do you know what? I think I loved um, trying to understand different characters and how people worked, what made people um, do what they do. And I think, although I found out quite quickly, I really wasn't that good an actress. And when I went to university, loads of other people were brilliant and I was not very good even though by the time I left drama school, I'd worked in three different theatres around the country and, and I got my equity card. Um, there were people who were amazing there. But what I did, so I think it taught me three things. One, find an environment where you can truly shine and it wasn't going to be acting for me. The second one was using those skills. So I've done, you know, as I wrote a book last year, I do lots of pres presenting. I love presenting and during my time in advertising I always did new business so great skills and now I work a lot with psychologists and and other people about trying to understand motivations and I think my drama really helped me do that. Children's mental health is now on the agenda are you doing any work in schools? Well do you know what? <coughs> um, not really not yet but we are doing some work with universities um, but I truly believe that the mental health conversation does need to start at school. I think that there's a lot, and a number of schools are now talking a lot more about mental health. But there's, um, there's some work that if, if you have a mental health issue, uh, it's something called CBT. I don't know if you know, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's a way of thinking about how your brain works and how the things that you physically do and the things that you mentally think and the, the kind of emotions that you have all linked together. Um, and I believe that if you could teach some of those skills at school, it would be really good for everyone. What has been your biggest work challenge? Oh, do you know what, Grace? I think I've had so many. But I think consistently my biggest work challenge is um, the fear of change. Because I've started four businesses. The first one I did was a gin company, following my business that I set up for gay in Hong Kong. Then I had a, a marketing company called Haystack. Then I had one called Oyster Catchers. And now I've got one called Let's Reset. And at each time, actually, each of my businesses was really successful. And at the moment when it was doing really well, it's really hard to change. Because the temptation is to hold on to things until you've gone too far. 
And at each time I tried to enable myself to move on and others to move on at the same time around me. I think that's been my biggest challenge. What has been your favourite business so far? Oh, do you know what? That's like asking a parent who their favourite child is. When you've created your own business, for me, they've always been like my extra child. I think I think my gin company was just a child that was a bit too early because um, I was 20 years before the kind of big gin boom. Um, Haystack was brilliant because it was a very different business that started helping clients and agencies come together at a time that it never happened. Oyster Catchers was very special to me because I loved Peter, who I set up the business with, and and all the people we created, and then building a business to sell to a PLC. And I think for me, Let's Research is something that I feel very passionate about, bringing mental health, well-being, and commercial outcomes together at the same time. And in many ways, I think this is the business that the rest of my career has driven me towards. Because I've now got experience of driving commercial sides of business and understanding and bringing together people and specialists that can make some some really different things happen in business. Is there anything that you still want to do, either personally or professionally? Well, do you know what I try and do is I think it's always important to have a to-do list and a to-be list. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my to-do list is at the moment around building my new business, but also being the chair of Oyster Catchers and working with Exium, also on the board of a law firm. So that's the kind of to-do things on a day-to-day. But, you know, if you go back to what I talked about at the beginning, which is, you know, enabling everyone to live the work life that they want to, I think if I can enable that to happen in the UK and then globally, then that's the thing that I really aspire to. So, you know, we talked a little bit earlier. I've I've written a couple of times for the Sunday Times about the importance of putting well-being on the balance sheet, linking it to commercial outcomes. If that could happen in business and we measured that effectiveness, then that's the bit that I really want to do. Is What tips would you give girls when they start to think about their careers and their future? Well, I think like you have, you know, you're, to many, being an engineer for NASA, I mean, that's like a massive dream, isn't it? That's a really big ambition. And I think the thing to do is have really big ideas and do what you're doing. Talk to women who have done all sorts of different roles and in lots and lots of different ways Um, and understand about what makes you fearful. Because so often what happens and stops you from doing the things you really, really want to do is because because you have fear. And if you can overcome that, even when you're young, about all sorts of stuff. So it must have been scary for you initially to talk to people via this kind of podcast. But you've done it now, so it probably isn't scary anymore. And the same thing in business. If you talk to lots of people, if you try lots of things, but dream really big, and then you're probably going to make those dreams come true. Why did you think that you had to start a business about mental health? Because um, I've worked, my business oyster catchers, I've worked for the last 10 years with businesses, and particularly in the last six or seven years, the work I've been doing is around transforming, particularly marketing departments, but other parts of business. And that's predominantly been around new working models, ways of working, um, 
different kind of environments that people work in. But the bit that we didn't do was enable behavior change. So, so often the processes that we put in place, the, the ways that we were trying to get people to change the structure didn't work. And so you spend all this time putting in ways of working and then nothing changes because you have to get the behavior to change. And uh, so I wanted to create a business where I could bring both together. And also, you know, I've met some brilliant psychologists, some brilliant people in HR, some brilliant business leaders, but they don't work all together. And I love bringing people together to enable stuff to happen. So, you know, when you're at NASA, you'll have to work with astronauts and all sorts of different people to enable those individuals to get up in space or you know, everyday people like, you know, your friends might want to be able to go into this into space by the time you're big enough to make it happen. And you'll need to work and bring everyone together. And I love doing that. Um, and I didn't see that there were any businesses that were really trying to drive that forward. The world is changing so much and so quickly. What do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time? In 10 years time well you know so we're we're now learning to live with covid aren't we so we've had this kind of few months of the pandemic of lockdown um we have seen that you don't have to go into an office every day to be able to be effective um i'm hoping that we've seen that you can bring your whole self to work you know i'm, I'm sure that we have seen dogs children cats all sorts of stuff in Zoom calls. We've seen and really understood the, the the people and the strengths that people have, but also the challenges they have in in working and living at the same time. Um, we've seen the benefit of technology. We've seen the difference that AI can make, and I think that all of those things mean that it will be much easier for women to be massively effective in ten years' time. The opposite side to that, though, Grace, is that what we've also seen is that women have taken an awful lot more care of children. They've been the one who've been the carers of often of, of elderly relatives. So the danger in the next 10 years is that we don't find ways for women to carry on being as brilliant as we know they can be in the workplace. I have really enjoyed chatting with you today, Suki. Thank you so much, and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make. Keep listening to Grace Jeffries Meets as I talk to many more brilliant women.